Go with me this morning to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 3. Uh, is where we're going to be reading. This is uh, what we've been reading for the last three weeks. We're in week number three of our series called Seasons. I want to read for you um, two, two verses. We're going to read verse number one, and then we're going to skip down and read verse number 11. Now, that does not mean that verses two through 10 are not important. It's just kind of for the sake of time. We're going to, to hit the beginning, and then we're going to wrap up with with verse number 11. You probably know this, but, but let's, uh, let's, can we read this out loud together today? Yeah? Okay, well, let, let's try it and see what it, see what it sounds like. Here we go. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. That's one more time. Let's read that together. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. So let's remember that. For everything, there is a season. For everything, there is a season and a time for every activity under heaven. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Now that's, that's something that we need to get a hold of because we're going to walk through some seasons that may seem ugly. We're going to walk through some seasons that may seem painful, but... God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Now, this, this series kind of come about just for the fact that, uh, one, God is personally speaking to me about spiritual seasons. But, but for two, I think it's kind of funny. Obviously, we live in Arkansas where even though it's supposed to be fall according to um, uh, the, the month that we're in, in Arkansas, you can, you can experience multiple seasons in, in one month, uh, or one week, or one day. I mean, I mean, last week, last Sunday, it was what, like 74 degrees, and then that Monday or that Tuesday, it was like 18? That's like, welcome to Arkansas. But, but, but my point is, is that just like um, that we can experience seasons of weather and climate change, those are, those are necessary for the sustaining and growing and developing and flourishing of life on this planet. Every season that we go through, spring, summer, fall, and winter, it is necessary for sustaining life on this planet. And just as we go through those seasons of weather and climate, we also go through spiritual seasons. You and I go through spiritual seasons um, that are designed to make us better. They're designed to grow us. They're designed to develop us and to mature us so that we can experience all that God has for us. And we have been looking at four seasons um, in this series. Now, obviously, I've told you this, and I don't mean to sound redundant, but I just want to explain because I know some people haven't been here the first two weeks, and maybe you haven't had a chance to watch these or listen to these sermons online. But you may come up with some other names other than these names of the seasons right here. For example, last week we mentioned the wilderness season or the waiting season. And, and those are legitimate names, but I believe that at the, at the core of those identities that they can fit into one of these four categories right here. And as you look at these seasons here, the dry season, the pruning season, and the growing season, and the harvest season, I want you to become really familiar with these because you are in one of those seasons at any given point of, uh, of your life. You're always in a season. And as a matter of fact, you are never not in a season. Just like spring may be over, just because it's no longer spring doesn't mean that we're not in a season. We're, we're in a season. So you, you are never not in a season. You're always going to find yourself 
in one of these four seasons, spiritually. And my purpose and my goal by teaching this is to get you to identify which season that you're in and then embrace it. Everybody say embrace it. You might say, well, well I don't like it. Well, it's, I, I'm sorry. You're going to have to embrace that season and try to discover what God is trying to teach you in that season. Because remember, for everything there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. So if you're in the dry season and you don't like it, guess what? There's a purpose behind that season. And God is trying to teach you something. If you're in the, the pruning season, as we talked about last week, you may not like it. It may be painful. It may be hurtful. You might experience a lot of loss because that's what happens in a pruning season. God's stripping back the things that are dead, things that are, are hindering your growth, that are inhibiting your growth because He always has more for you. He prunes away. He prunes those that are bearing fruit so that they will bear more fruit. So if you're in a pruning season, you may think, ouch, I don't like it. This is difficult. There's a purpose behind that. If you're in the growing season, as we're going to learn today, there's a purpose behind that. And the harvest season. So we're all in one of these seasons um, today. And so this morning we are going to look at the growing season. Everybody say the growing season. Um, I, I was telling our lead team the other night, we had a, a lead team meeting, and, and I think I told you guys this when I, when I preached the dry season. I said, I started with this season because I feel like this is the season that I'm in. And I believe that. Um, and I still kind of believe that until I <laughs> prepared for this week. And I'm like, I, can you be in more than one season? I don't know because I feel like I'm also in a growing season. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like I'm in a pruning season. But, but I believe that God is really going to speak through me today. And He's going to speak to us uh, collectively as a church family. And He's going to speak to us individually as well. But here's what I want you to do, and I've just been feeling led to do this for the last three or four weeks, um, and that is to pray before I speak. And, and um, I do pray. I mean, all the times that I haven't prayed behind this pulpit or on this stage, that doesn't mean that I haven't prayed before I've delivered the Word. I've just done it kind of privately at home or whatever. But I have been the last few weeks just, just praying out loud in front of us because I want God to really get our attention and to speak to us as a church and as individuals today. So what I want us to do is, as I, as I pray, I want you to pray as well. And if you want to pray for me, you can. But more importantly than praying for me, I want you to pray that God would speak to you. Just ask Him. Say, God, I just pray that Your Word would speak to me today. Because that's, all, that's what He's doing. He's using me as a vessel to speak to you. God is about to speak to you. Is that not incredible? The one we just sang about, He's going to speak to you today. But I want you to prepare your heart to receive His Word. So let's pray together. Father, we are so privileged to be able to hear Your Word today. Lord, as we, we say over and over here, that Your Word is life and it is a transforming power that produces results. So God, we know that uh, over the course of the next few minutes, God, we're not just going to hear a motivational speech. God, we know that we are going to hear Your Word. And Your Word is going to transform us. Your Word is going to pierce our hearts. Your Word is going to convict us. Your Word wants to restore us and reconcile us and heal us and, and minister to our hurts and, and, and cause us to see revelation. And so God, I just ask that right now, Lord, that as I uh, preach Your Word, God, You know the time that I've spent in studying this week. I just ask for Your anointing to be upon my life 
that you would anoint my, my tongue, Lord, as I speak, that I would speak clearly and communicate, communicate well, Father, the things that you want communicated. And I pray for every heart, Lord, that's under the sound of my voice, whether it's live in this room or, or will one, at one time watch this online. God, I pray that you would prepare our hearts to receive your word today and grow us into the person that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. The growing season. You know, actually, I, I, I kind of wrestled with this this week as to uh, what direction that I wanted to take um, as I talk about the growing season because you can actually approach this from a couple of different angles. And so what I want to do today, and I don't know if I've ever done this before. If I, if I have, it wasn't uh, on purpose. It was accidental. But I want to kind of divide this sermon up into two parts. Uh, now, that doesn't mean it's going to be twice as long. It's just... There's a couple things that I want to cover. First of all, I want to talk about the process of growth. And then I want to get into the purpose of growth. So if, if you're taking notes this morning, you can write those two things down. We're going to talk about the process of growth, and then we're going to talk about the purpose of growth. So first of all, the process of growth. What is growth? How, how do you know um, if something's growing? Um, how do you measure Growth, Because after all, if, if we're in a growing season or, or if we're talking about the process of growth, how, how did, we, we need to know whether or not um, we're actually growing. What does that look like? I, I have four talking points under this, under this part of process of growth. The first one is this. Growth is positive change. Now, I've underlined that word change because that's something that, that scares a lot of people. We don't, we don't like change. We... We stay with the same hairstyles. We stay with the same uh, wardrobe. We, 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 we stay with the same routine. We stay with the same eating habits and uh, whatever. We, we don't like change. But growth is simply positive change. I think, it, I think it's kind of funny that when it comes to change, uh, when we endure change, we call it hardship. But when we affect change, we call it growth. So, so when we endure change, oh, we don't like that. It's, it, it's uncomfortable. So, so we call that hardship, but yet if we can affect it, if we can affect change, we call that growth. And I think all of us this morning, we want to grow, especially when it comes to uh, our, our spiritual nature and our spiritual maturity. We want to grow. We want more. We want increase. We want expansion. We, we want better. We, I mean, we want to fulfill all that God has called us to fulfill. All of us want to grow. But the problem is, is that growth can be painful. It can be, it can be painful. It's, it can be frustrating because it doesn't happen as quickly as we would like it to happen. And what happens is, is sometimes we start off well because we want to grow. We want to grow in our walk with God. We want to be a better person, better husband, better wife, better mom, better dad. We want to be better. And, and we start off making some good strides, but after a while we get frustrated by the pain of the process, which that's the second thing I want you to write down is that growth is a process. Everybody say it's a process. It, it, it takes time. Um, I was thinking about my kids, uh, especially when they were younger, and all of you that have kids and you've gone through this, um, this time of their life, you know that it's true that, that kids, they just can't wait to grow up. They can't wait till they're they're big enough to do this. They're, they're old enough to do that. They're tall enough to ride this ride. I mean, this, for them, I mean, 
to be that height or to be that size or to reach that age just can't come quick enough. And it's frustrating. And so we try to tell them, listen, you'll be there soon enough. But to them, who, when they're in that growing process, it can be frustrating because we want to see change happen quickly. For us spiritually, we want to see change happen quickly. If, if, if we have some bad habits and we want to get out of those things, we try to implement some, some, um, um, some disciplines in our life and we expect to see change right away. But sometimes that's a process. Because how many realize you can't force fruit out of season? It's got a, uh, the, 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 there has to be a time of seed, time, and, and then harvest. If I go plant something in the ground, it's foolish of me to plant it in the ground and expect immediate results. There's a process. Growth is a process. But yet so often we can be frustrated by the pain of that growing process. I heard somebody, I don't know who coined this phrase, but, but it goes something like this. They say, don't forfeit the payoff because you hate the process. And that, that happens to a lot of us. We, we have goals, we have dreams, we have plans that we want to see happen in our lives, but, but when we start implementing some things, uh, we don't like the process, and so we end up forfeiting the payoff because of the pain of the process. So I, I think that I need to remind you that, that growth is simply positive change and that it is a process. The third thing that we need to understand is that growing is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. And it's supposed to be. Comfort and growth do not go together. This is, this is very important. We, we actually stop growing when we get comfortable. Because when you get comfortable, you become idle. And when you become idle, you become stagnant. And when you become stagnant, you, you stop growing. Think about, for example, for, for me, I mean, when we think about getting comfortable, uh, what that looks like for me is, you know, after, after church, I'm going to go to my in-laws, I'm going to eat a big dinner, and then I'm going to come home, and, and I'm going to get comfortable. I'm going to kick off my shoes. I may even put on some pajamas, you know, and just, just kick back in my, my chair or on the couch or maybe watch some football, and I'm going to do nothing. Don't judge me. You're, some of you are going to do that too. Y'all looking at me like, are you worthless piece of junk? No. I'm going to get comfortable. But when I get comfortable, I'm doing nothing. And what happens for us is that sometimes we get, we get comfortable spiritually and then we get frustrated because we're not growing, but, but we're not growing because we've gotten comfortable in our routines and in our, in our just day-to-day -day activities. And, and you can't have both. The growing is, is uncomfortable. See, so I think so many times a lot of Christians, they want God to bless what they're doing rather than getting in on what God is blessing. And we want God to bless us in spite of what we're doing rather than evaluating to see if what we're doing is conducive for growth. And this is, this is something that I am preaching about spiritual season, but this is even, you could even take this in the natural with, with who we want to be at work and trying to get promotions and various things. We, we, we want God to bless us, but yet we're, we're comfortable with what we've always done. And what is growth again? Growth is, is positive change. There's going to have to be some things that's, that's going to change. And it's a process. And it's going to be uncomfortable. But, it, but if you want to grow, you have to be willing to embrace um, 
uh, the uneasiness. And here's the fourth talking point under the process of growth. Growth is a result of health. Healthy things grow. It's a result of health. And what I mean by that is that it, it, it doesn't just happen by accident. Growth has to be, um, it requires attention and intention. If you're going to grow, you have to be intentional about that. Let me give you an example. How many want to be more like Jesus? Let me see your hand. Okay. Like, can, I, can I just show you something about growth in Jesus that's found in Luke chapter 2, verse 46? Uh, and we're going to read verse 46 and 52 and give you a little bit of context. And this is actually kind of funny. Um, <laughs> Joseph and Mary, the, the parents, the earthly parents of Jesus, had lost Jesus. Now, how do you, how you lose Jesus? I don't know, but they lost their child. And, um, and how you wait three days before you, you go looking for I don't know. But anyway, that's not the point of the story. Jesus is, he's not lost, but Mary and Joseph don't know uh, where he is. But the Bible says that in verse 46, that after three days, they found him. Where was he? The Bible says he was in the temple courts. He was in the church setting, if you will. Now watch this. This, this is very, very important. He was sitting among the teachers listening to them. And he was asking them questions. Now, it's, it's known to be that, that Jesus was about 12 years of age at this point. So, in his preteen, pre-teen years, or, or almost a teenager, Jesus is in the temple courts, he's listening to the teachers talk about God, and he's asking them questions. Now, look at, skip down to verse number 52. What happened to Jesus? Jesus grew, or increased, some translations say, he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Now let let me just, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but, but this is extremely important. If our goal is to be more like Christ, we need to let Him be our model, especially concerning growth. How, how do we grow? Jesus here was intentional about growth. Now, there's, there's some things that I need to explain because a lot of people would think, okay, well, he is, He's God. He already has all wisdom and knowledge and there's no need for growing. But you also have to understand that the book of Philippians, Paul tells us that, that Jesus did not think of His equality with God as something to cling to. But he gave that divinity up and took on the role of a human being to be, to be like us because it, he couldn't be a, a complete substitute for human beings if he was not fully man. Does, does that make sense? He, so he had to, he laid aside his divinity and he depended upon the wisdom and the knowledge of the Father. So Jesus grew. He was intentional. He, he was here to fulfill the will of his father. He was, he was here to complete the mission that his father had sent him here to complete. So Jesus had to be intentional about learning. Now, did he know all these things as God? Absolutely. But he laid those things aside so that he could be an official and an authentic substitute for mankind. It also tells us that, you know, uh, over in Hebrews that Uh, that he was tempted in all points just as we are, yet without sin. He had to become fully human so that he could be uh, the authentic sacrifice, the authentic substitute. It was a human being who lost the authority, who who breached uh, the... 
what am I trying to say here? He, he breached this, this relationship with God, so it was only as a human being that he could get that back. So God became flesh. God became a man. So my point behind this is teaching you that even Jesus himself positioned himself for growth. He surrounded himself with the right people. He put himself in the right, himself in the right environment so that he could grow. Now, I'm still talking about the process of growth here. And some of you, you're, you're wanting to grow in your walk with God. You're wanting to grow in your, at your job. You're wanting to, to get promoted. You're wanting this, you're wanting that. But you're not positioning yourself for growth. The environment that you're surrounding yourself in is, is not conducive for for growth. And so you need to evaluate some things. Are the people that I'm hanging around, are, are they going to help me grow? Are the things that I'm listening to and watching and reading, are they going to help me grow? Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man because he positioned himself for growth. So you, you gotta, you got to have the right environment. you got to have the right intake. You've got to be listening, reading, watching the right things. Because what we listen to, the people we hang around, um, what we read, uh, what we watch, all of those things impact and influence what we think about. And, and your thoughts, what you think about, are eventually going to become your actions. And those actions are going to become your, your habits... And those habits are going to become your character, and that character is going to become your destiny. So you could, you could, you could take out the filler there and say your destiny is, is going to be uh, affected by what you think about. And what you think about is going to be influenced and impacted by what you're intaking, what you're surrounding yourself with, the things that you're watching, reading, and listening. So my point is you have to position yourself for growth. Growth is a result... Of health, I can't help but think about this quote by Andy Stanley. It comes from his book, The Principle of the Path. You've heard, this, heard me quote this before. He says, everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Every one of us is going to end up somewhere, but few of us are going to end up somewhere on purpose. I want to be someone who gets somewhere on purpose. So wherever it is that you want to be, if whatever is your destiny, you know, that's impacted by your character. That character is impacted by your habits. Those habits are uh, impacted by your actions. Those actions are impacted by your thoughts. So what am I thinking about? I'm going to think about things that have, in, that have been influenced by what I've read, what I've watched, what I've listened to. I hope this is helping somebody because you, you, you're not growing because you're not positioning yourself for growth. So the process of growth, growth is, is positive change, it is a process, it's uncomfortable, and it is a result of health. So, so now I want to focus more on, on, on the purpose of growth, because this is where it's going to tie into the season of growth. I, I wanted to talk about the first part, because I think so many times we just, we just get comfortable in life, and, and we don't do anything to grow ourselves. And so I'll, I wanted to speak to that in the first part of the message. But, but now I want to kind of get more toward the growing season, if you will, and, and how God is trying to grow us and, and the purpose of growth. How many realize there is a purpose uh, for growth? There's a, there's a, there's a reason why you, you grow. And, and that purpose is, the purpose of growth is to simply advance a cause. To advance 
a, a cause. It, it can't just be growth for the sake of growth. That doesn't make sense. It has to be to advance a cause. I, now, I'm a, I'm a football fan. I, I love to watch football. And I was, I was trying to think about a, an illustration to explain this to you. And, and this may be cheesy. And if it is, please don't tell me. Just, just, just laugh. Or no, don't have to laugh. But embrace the illustration, okay? Let, let's say a, a college, a college football team, a college coach, um, is going out to recruit a high school offensive lineman. So he gives him a scholarship. He brings him uh, to the university. He brings him on the team. But he's going to redshirt him, which means he's going to sit him out the first year because he's got he's to put some weight on that kid. He's, he's got to get that kid built up. Uh, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like he's too small right now to play. Yes, he did good in high school, but now he's in the Southeastern Conference. He's going to be facing some big old boys. So, so, so what we're going to do is, 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 is we're going to redshirt him and we're going to get him in the weight room and we're going we're to get him to put on some weight, we're going to get him to put on some size, we're going to get him to put on some, some muscle because we want to set him up to be able to reach his greatest potential. We want to set him up for success. So, so the cause behind a coach trying to uh, grow this young man is to set him up for success, to set the team up for success, because they want to win some football games. They want to be big in the trenches and be able to block and be able to you know, sack the quarterback or whatever. So, so, so he's growing him for a purpose. He's growing him for a reason. You can't just have growth for the sake of growth. And as I was thinking about that illustration, I was thinking that God wants to grow us as well. He always wants to grow us because He wants us to have even greater influence and impact on His cause to demonstrate His love to this world. God always has greater for us. And so when we go through a growing season, it's because God is trying to, to, to grow us and develop us so that we can be more capable and more ready to influence and, 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 and fulfill his mission on this earth. So how does God do that? How does he develop us? He takes us through a growing season. And a growing season is a season of change. A growing season is a season of stretching. When God takes us through a growing season, he's... He's, he's stretching us. Watch this. This, this is where it, it started ministering to me. He, he's stretching us to do something that we've never done before. He's stretching us because He wants us to go somewhere that we've never gone before. He's, he's stretching us because He wants us to do something in a way that we've never done it before. It's a season of change. And we don't like change, as I said earlier. So it can become uncomfortable for us. It can become difficult. It's a season of growth. It's a season of stretch. God is stretching you. God is stretching me because He wants to enlarge our capacity to handle what He has next for us. Just like trying to grow that young man who's going to play football, I want him to play, I want, he's going to be starting on the offensive line, so I'm going to grow him, and during this growth, it's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm stretching him because there's, I want to enlarge his capacity to handle what I have next for him. 
And that is something that, man, this is a word for someone this morning. You may not, you may not like this growing season because it's uncomfortable, but God is trying to stretch you to enlarge your capacity to handle what He has next for you. You say, well, I'm kind of happy where I am right now. No, no, you're going to become stagnant. You've got to let God stretch you. Once again, for everything, there is a season. And you have to embrace whatever season that you're in. And if you're in a growing season and you feel that God is stretching you and you don't like it, it's uncomfortable, you have to be willing to embrace that and just say, okay, God, you want to stretch me? Stretch me. Here I am. Because I know that you're stretching me because you're enlarging my capacity to handle what you have next for me. You have, just like last week, God always has more for us. He always has better. He always has increase. He always has expansion. So, so look at it like this. If, if, if God is stretching you, if God is growing you, it's because He's trying to set you up for more. He has something that right now you can't, you can't handle what He has for you because He hasn't enlarged your capacity enough. So He's going to stretch you and develop you and cause you to grow so that you can handle what He has next for you. It's interesting, speaking of comfort, we get, we get comfortable with the way that we've always done things and it becomes a routine or it becomes a tradition for us. And it's just the way that we've always done things. This is how we do church, Pastor Jerry. We've always done it this way. This is, this is the way that I preach. I've always preached this way. Well, this is, the, this is just the way that I do things. I, I've always done it this way. But, but what God wants me to tell you, what He wants us to, to tell us as a church, is that just because something worked last season doesn't mean that that's what God wants to do in the next season. And we can't become dependent upon a style or upon a method or upon a routine or upon the way that we've always done things. God is, is stretching us for everything there is a season. The way we've done things in the past, yes, that was the way that God wanted us to do things then. But now God is trying to enlarge our capacity because He has more for us. And the way that we're going to do things in the next season may not necessarily be the way that we've always done them. And you're going to have to embrace that. Now you might say, well, I don't know about that. I, I like... Familiarity. Well, who doesn't? You know, I like, I like comfort. Well, who doesn't? But you don't grow when you get comfortable. God is he's, he's stretching us. So you're going to have to embrace the fact that the way that God wants to use you in this season may look drastically different than the way God used you last season. Are you okay with that? Are you? Am I okay with that? Are we okay with that as a church? That the way that God may want to do things in this next season may look drastically different than the way that we've done them for the last 11 or 12 years? Are we okay with that? So you're not quite as sure now, are you? <laughs> Am I okay with that? Because God wants to, for everything there is a season. And the way God has maybe used me in the past may, may look completely different than how He wants to use me in the next season. And I have to be willing to embrace that and understand, okay, what God is doing here is He's trying to enlarge my capacity to handle what He has next for us. 
That what God is doing in our church, it may feel uncomfortable. It may feel like, man, this is not familiar. This is, this is kind of awkward. But what God is doing is that he's trying to enlarge our capacity to handle what he has next for us. And we have to be willing to embrace that. I think we have a great example in the story of Samson. I think most people probably know the story of Samson, but if you don't, um, Samson, he was, I believe he was the last of, of the judges of Israel. And, uh, but really, we don't, we don't really remember or think about Samson as a judge. We think of him as like the ultimate warrior. I mean, this dude was bad. I mean, think about John Cena or, you know, just, I, I don't even know who's, who's in style these days in wrestling. I don't watch it, but, you know, because it's, it's all fake now. Back when I was a kid, it was all real. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, we think about Samson as this, I mean, he's this ultimate warrior. I mean, do you think about just muscle upon muscle? I mean, this guy had, he got the long flowing hair. I mean, like, Fabio, and this dude is, he's, he's incredible. He has so much strength. And uh, matter of fact, the Bible says in, in one place that uh, a lion came against him. Now watch this. Samson, he doesn't pull out a gun and shoot the lion. He doesn't pull out, you know, an assault rifle or a slingshot or, or a knife. The Bible says that he kills a lion. We're talking the king of the jungle with his bare hands. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that looked like, but man, I hope that when we get to heaven that we can just like, kind of like Disney Plus, we can just pull up, pull, up, pull up scenes from the Bible and just watch this play out. Here comes this lion, and Samson's like, yeah, come on, dude. And the lion comes, he just grabs it, and rips the thing apart. I mean, he is a bad dude. One time, the, it says that he was out in the field and, and a thousand Philistine soldiers come at him. And once again, he doesn't have a gun. He doesn't have a, you know, uh, an automatic rifle, a machine gun, anything like that. He's got these 1,000 Philistine soldiers that are coming to kill him. Samson sees them attack him, attacking. He looks around. Out of all things, there's a, there's a dried up jawbone of a donkey. <laughs> Samson's like, this will work. He... He picks up, this is in the Bible, read it for yourself. His, he picks up this jawbone of a donkey and as these Philistine soldiers approach him, a thousand of them, he just starts a swing. Swinging this jawbone of a donkey. I don't know how long that it took, but the Bible says that after he was finished swinging, all 1,000 Philistine soldiers lie dead in the field. The only one left standing was Samson. How many realize this is, a, this is an amazing accomplishment? This dude was bad. Bad. Okay? And, and as great as an accomplishment as that is, and as awesome as a story that that is, the part that I want to point out this morning is what Samson did next. In Judges chapter 15, verse 7, but excuse me, verse 17, it says this. It says, When Samson was finished... He threw away the jawbone. Now, this is extremely, extremely important. When Samson was finished, he threw away the jawbone. Anytime something works for us, we have the tendency to want to hold on to it. 
whether that's a, a, a method, a style, a service format, we, we have the tendency to want to hold on to that. Because, because it worked. As a matter of fact, if, if Samson would have been like many of us today, he would have, he would have carried that jawbone around with him wherever that he went. Because that's what he used to, to slay a thousand Philistine soldiers. I'm not letting this thing go. But, but what you need to understand is that the anointing was not in the jawbone. The anointing was on the jawbone. And what we need to understand is that the anointing is not in the way that we do things. It's not in a certain style. It's not in a, a certain method. It's not in a certain style of preaching or it's not in a certain service format. It may be on those things for a season. But eventually, God is going to say, okay, I want to see if you're dependent upon me or upon that jawbone. I want to see if you're trusting in me or, or upon your, your, your sermon notes. I want to see if you're trusting in me or, or if you're trusting on those, uh, those tracks that, that, uh, that, that you play during worship. I want to see if you're trusting in me or, you, or you're relying on a certain flow of service. Come on, you can, you can insert whatever it is that you have become familiar with in your life. And yes, God's anointing has been upon those things. But His anointing is never in those things. And just as it was for Samson, Samson, it, it could have it been, been a cactus. <laughs> it could have it been anything. But it just so happened to be a jawbone of, of a donkey. There was nothing miraculous. There was nothing This is a jawbone of a dead donkey. But yet God's anointing was upon it. And the reason that it was successful in Samson's life, because God's anointing was upon it. But when God was finished with him there, he said, Samson, throw that down. I'm not going to use that anymore. I'm going to use something different. Here's my point, guys. We, the growing season, it's, it's a season of stretch. It's a season that, that if we're not careful, we can mistake the growing season for the dry season. And what I mean by that is, we'll be waiting on God to transition us to another season but yet the whole time God is waiting on us to throw down the jawbone. We can be waiting on God. So, okay, God, you know that, man, I, I don't feel like that you're here. I feel distance from you. God, what's going on? I'm not seeing transition. I'm not seeing change. And we may be waiting on God to transition us, but God's saying, throw down the jawbone. You, you've become too dependent upon that. I need to know that your trust and, and dependence is upon me. God, I don't like that. I'm not. It makes me nervous. It makes me uncomfortable. God's saying, it's okay. That's, that's exactly where I want you. Because I'm stretching you. Because I'm enlarging your capacity to handle what I have next for you. I, I don't know what your jawbone is. But I know what mine is. I'm not going to disclose that in this message. Maybe in the coming weeks I may talk about that. But, but I know what mine is. And um, I want God to, to do incredible things through me. And I want God to do incredible things through this church.
And if, and if that means that things may look drastically different in this next season than they have in the, in the previous seasons, I've made up my mind that I'm okay with that. That God, I'm, I'm going to trust You. That, as, as Stephanie was singing that song this morning, yes and amen. God, uh, my confidence is in You. I'm going to trust Your promises. I know that God has big plans for this church. If I didn't believe that, I would have walked away as a pastor several years ago. But I keep on holding on to the fact that I know that God has given me a dream and a vision for this church. And I don't know what, I don't know what the coming weeks, the coming months are going to look like, but I'm willing to trust God. And I'm willing to step out and just say, okay, God, this, this looks completely different. If, if people walk away because they were, they were tied into the way that the service was flowing, then they were, they were in it for the wrong reasons in the first place. But I want you to, to stretch us. And I want you to enlarge our capacity so that we can be in position to handle what you have next for us. I believe that's a word for us as a church, and I believe that that's a word for you as an individual. What is the jawbone this morning? What is it that you've become so dependent upon that God is stretching you today? You haven't been seeing positive results because you haven't been, um, you haven't been uh, letting God grow you. You've been, you've been trying to hold on to what's comfortable. And God is speaking to you this morning. Throw away the jawbone and trust me for what's next. Josh, I'm going to ask you, where are you, Josh? I'm going to ask you if you would just come and get, get ready to sing. And I want you to just close your eyes and just bow your head for just a moment. And we're going to be done here in, in just a few moments. But, but as I said at the onset of the, of the message, God is, I know He's using me this morning, but, but God is speaking to us as a church. He's, he's speaking through me, but He's speaking to us as a church. He's speaking to you as an individual. To throw away the jawbone and trust God for, for what's next. Trust that whatever it is that God is calling you to do, whatever it is that God is asking you to do, that His anointing is going to be upon that as well. What is it this morning that you've always done that doesn't seem to be working right now? Maybe you're not in the dry season after all. Maybe you're not in the pruning season after all. Maybe you're in a growing season. A season of change. A season of stretch where God is trying to expand your capacity, enlarge your capacity so that you can handle what He has next for you. Here, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask Josh to sing this song and just want to open up the, the front if, for you to come and but I think this is a time, if there's, if there's specific things that you want prayer for, then, then we'll pray for you. But I think that this is an opportunity for us to just, to just throw away some jawbones. You, you probably, some of you already know what they are. And I just want you to talk to God about that as He sings these songs. And just, it, it, you may, you, right now you may be thinking, I can't do this. But I'm telling you, God is going to walk, He's going to walk through this valley with you. He's going to walk through this difficult time with you. But you've, you've got to trust Him. So, so would you stand and Josh, go ahead and I'm just going to open up this front if you just want to come and surrender, if you need to come and lay down some things, whatever needs to happen. But let's let God minister to us. Can we do that? Let's do it.